Welcome to the Relationship Builder Podcast. This is Dr. Kevin Skinner with my co-host, Brett Williams. Yes. Hey, everybody. We are so glad to be with you. As we have been uh, talking, one of the things that we've come up with is a lot of individuals are dealing with COVID-19 wear out, burnout, psych out, whatever you want to call it. And so I, I call it COVID-19 anxiety. There you go. COVID-19 anxiety. And we want to talk about how that influences your relationship. Now, remember, our goal is to provide you the tools so you can do the building. So Brett Williams, my co-host, author of You Can Be Right. Or You Can Be Married. Or You Can Be Married. We're, we're finishing each other's sentences today. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're really good at that. We've known each other for over 10 years, and uh, we met in San Francisco at a conference. And I just, I'll tell you, he just has a great personality. So today we're talking about the COVID-19 and his anxiety, which is, quite frankly, I think it's bogging all of us down, wearing us out, feeling us overwhelmed. Absolutely. I, I, I find that um, we only have so much emotional capacity to deal with life. And then when something like this happens and the economy goes down and there's unemployment, and now we have, we have riots and we have civil unrest, um, all of that is just taxing our nervous systems and depleting us. And, and yeah, and, and what's that doing to our most significant relationships? We know we're spending more time together uh, you know, with our children. Uh, again, when they were going to school, you know, we had a break from them. And, and, and not to, you know, we love our children. Absolutely. Uh, but we don't mind a break when they're learning, growing at school. And, and now we're all together, more time uh, working at home. I, I've talked with uh, couples where both of them are working at home. They're trying to manage the children. And, and man, it's just an overwhelming feeling. Like, can I do this? Absolutely. And, and I think you bring up the kids. That's a really great example of... Um, the kids won't let us ignore them. They won't let us kind of pull away and, and, and refocus and recharge somewhere. Um, so that's not going to happen with the kids. So where do we have to find space and time to kind of pull back? Unfortunately, we do it in our relationships, I think. We start pulling back from our relationships a little bit because we have to pull from somewhere. And it's, Yeah, the energy has to go somewhere. Yeah. And, and are we taking care of the relationships that's the most important? You know, I want to add to this for a second. There, there's a concept uh, that I often talk with people about. It comes from Dr. Roy Baumeister. And, and he talks about ego depletion or energy depletion. And really, he, he's suggesting that when we are living life and day in and day out, uh, you know, we have this, these stressors. And he says, each day, you and I, we only have a certain amount of energy, right? I mean, I mean, you and I, same amount of energy, or maybe you have a little bit more because you're younger, more vital, or stronger, or whatever. But at the end of the day, we all have this energy. And when it is depleted, what happens to us, he says? He says, we're more likely to be grumpy, irritable. We're more likely to turn to unhealthy habits or behaviors. So thinking about that in the context of all of the stress not, and not just us, it's everybody in this culture. Am I going to have a job? How are we going to pay the bills? Our ego energy is being depleted, and the consequences were turning to unhealthy habits, unhealthy behaviors, and quite frankly, our anxiety goes up, which is today's topic. Exactly the point. Yeah, I so agree with that. We just are getting drained by everything that's going on around us. And, and I, I love saying it like that because it's not a, 
like a, sh- a criticism thing. It's not like we're shaming people or, or telling people they're bad or they should be acting better. All of us are feeling this. I'm feeling it. You're feeling it. We're all feeling it. And it's, it's not, That's right. nothing wrong with it. No, and in fact, the real question is, is what are healthy ways to respond to it? Right? Because I know we're struggling. I mean, there's no question about it. I mean, as a clinician, we, we've seen that over the last few months, how many of our clients are dealing with unique stressors and having to adapt and make changes. And, and again, we're doing this on low energy. I mean, how, how much are we sleeping? How much are we maybe eating more? What do they call it, the pandemic 15? Yeah. 15-pound weight gain? Yeah, I so agree with that. I, I was uh, just meeting with a couple the other day, and um, before all this, they had been doing really, really awesome. They're, they're talking, communicating. They're showing empathy. They're doing all the skills that you know you and I teach our clients to do. And, and I saw them the other day, and it was like we were back at square one. We were back in the very beginning. She, you know, She was super reactive, angry, um, frustrated, hurt, scared feeling unsafe and then he would just feed her feeling unsafe by getting mad and frustrated and irritated at her and it's like oh my gosh what's wrong with you and they were just like they were like a brand new couple all over again I'm like oh my gosh and so we out we really had to take a break and go hey guys let's stand back and look what's happening here you guys love each other and you forgot it you forgot Mm -hmm. how much you love each other because the stress, the anxiety, the fatigue that you, Dr. Skinner, are talking about is, is taking over. And, and we got to wake up and, and realize what's happening to us. No good or bad about it. It's just what it is. And, and slow way down here. You know, along with that, I, I tell couples, you know, it's not a great, a great time to be making big decisions. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, if you're talking about whether you're going to stay married or not, or if you've been on the brink or you've been struggling with things, it's always a good idea to slow down during times like this when the stress is already high and, and, and really take a step back. What I call orienting or what we call orienting in our field is to really pause and assess. Are we fighting? Are we fleeing? What are we doing? So, so let's talk a little bit about this anxiety, Brett. Uh, what has your experience been you know, just thinking through anxiety and the pandemic, what are some of the things that you think our listeners are going to really, what, what do you want them to take away from today's topic? Well, when I, and when I ever talk about change in general, just the normal pattern of change, for me, there's three steps to change, changing anything. Uh, first thing I have to do to create change is recognize the patterns that aren't working. I have to see what I'm doing or what's going on stand back from it and, and be able to objectively look at the, what's happening here. Second thing I have to do is once I see the patterns that aren't working, then I have to interrupt those old patterns. And then finally, I can replace with new patterns. So I think even in our intro here, you and I were just kind of talking about helping people recognize, why am I more grumpy? Why am I more irritable? Why are we fighting more? Gosh, why are we? why, why is our relationship back to zero again? We'll recognize the pattern. The pattern is that we're all fatigued. We're all stressed. We're all under pressure. And even just recognizing that pattern is a huge help. It, it already starts to interrupt what's going on because you and I are always making up stories. And, and oftentimes the stories that my clients are telling themselves is, oh, look, we're fighting. We're just, we're not a good couple. 
Oh, look, we're fighting. Oh, we don't belong together. Oh, look, we're fighting. This is a bad relationship. No, hold on, back up. No, you're a good relationship. You're good people. You're stressed. You're anxious. You're overwhelmed. You're, you're, you're experiencing fatigue. So the first thing I want people to do is just recognize what's happening is that I'm tired mm. and I'm creating a kind of a crappy story about being tired and fatigued and, and kind of blaming it on the relationship or blaming it on the other person or, or, or feeling like there's something wrong with me or them or, or something. And, and really there's right. nothing wrong. Yeah, and, and maybe what is wrong is that they have forgotten yeah. how how to meet each other's needs. You know, in our in our first one together, you talked about attention being love, mm-hmm. and 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 really what what I'm finding in my couples is they're not relying on each other or turning to each other in those moments where they really need each other the most. And and if you can't turn to each other, then you feel like the other person, in a worst case scenario, has become your enemy. Right, I, I can't trust you to be there for me, because we're worn out, we're exhausted, and and oh my goodness, and you're not even there, you don't even care, and and th- that kind of goes into a concept we were talking about before we even started uh, the podcast today. You know, you're talking about how we perceive things. Some right. of Martin Seligman's work. Do you want to share that? Because I think it's really important. Well, well, that's where I think the interrupt needs to happen. The second step, the interrupt is changing our story, and 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 out of positive psychology. Uh, I think you, Dr. Skinner, introduced me to positive psychology when I first moved to Utah. And positive psychology is all about helping people understand what do successful people do? How do successful people think? How do happy people think? And and Dr. Seligman looked at, you know, the stories we tell ourselves. And basically, negative people tell themselves a story about negative situations. And the story they tell themselves is that this negative situation is happening because of me. They, negative people personalize negative situations. Um, positive people, however, situationalize negative situations. They see it as a, as a bigger picture. They see it as circumstances. Maybe I was in the wrong place at the wrong time, but I'm not bad. Something bad happened, for sure, but it's not personal. It's not about me. I'm failing. So that's where I would suggest our interrupt for our clients is, is looking at the story, first identifying the pattern, identifying the story you're telling yourself, and then changing the story. Maybe you guys are barking at each other or, or frustrated with each other, or maybe there's even domestic violence starting to happen again. We've mm-hmm. seen a rise in that everywhere. Um, maybe things are going really crazy, but not because you guys are bad. I don't mm. think so. Maybe because we're in a bad situation. We're in a bad circumstance, and we need to see it as a, an environmental problem and, and take it in that kind of context. You know, an interesting point that you make there, because I think there's a distinguishing that I'd like to highlight. You know, it's about me, right? It, I, apparently, I, I don't know how to be relational. There's something wrong with me. So, so then we put this relationship shame of something's obviously wrong with me and with us and this marriage. And, and so we're literally, we've got a shame-filled marriage. Right. In, in contrast with this, you know, right now, the way we are responding under this kind of stress has not been effective. 
Now, that's an interesting awareness because yeah. just recognizing that what we've been doing hasn't been effective, but that's not about you. That's not about me. I can be a better, I can, I can pause, I can learn new skills, but it doesn't define me. Right? The difference, if it's defining me, then I'm really in trouble. Yeah, absolutely. That, I'm actually giving it power. When, when, I, when I tell myself a story like that and I tell myself that's the truth of it, I have just empowered that thought and, and made my own situation three, four, five times worse. Yeah. So what I always like to do, and this is maybe sounds silly or, or naive, but I always like to encourage my couples to assume love. It, a good example is kind of the way we do parenting. Because I think we do parenting better than we do relationships sometimes. <laughs> when, when my kid is stressed, frustrated, angry, they're melting down, they're crying, ah, they're losing whatever they're losing. Um, I, I always assume love. Even if my child tells me, Dad, I hate your guts and you're the worst parent in the whole world. I always assume love. They love me and they're just tired. You know, it's 10 o'clock at night, and their normal bedtime's 8, and they're just exhausted, and they're losing it. Or, or they're hungry, or they're, they're stressed. I always assume love is, is our foundation base, and, and then whatever's going on for them, I just see it as, as the part of the situation. You know, they're tired, mm. they're hungry, they're thirsty, something's going on with them. And so that's what I would do in, in our relationships is, is encourage all of us to assume love. My partner you know, may be a so jerk, interesting? but, but I, they love me. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, what's interesting about that approach is you're seeing them as a person who is loving, not with malintent, not with the desire to shock you into, you don't love me, but you're saying there, there's something going on that is triggering this pain. Right. And right. And, and I can sit with that. I, I, I don't have to internalize it. I can recognize that they're hurting somehow. There is something going on inside of them that I'm the be- I'm the worst dad. You're, you're the worst wife. You're the worst husband. You're the worst. Well, in other words, you're giving them the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. What, what a kind way to perceive this. I'm seeing the best in you. Yeah. And what what a what a gift. I'm going to call that it that. It's a gift when I see you as a person who does not have ill intent. Yeah. But who's hurting. Now, yeah, absolutely. I love the way you said that. And I would also want to add to the other extreme of it. Um, when my kids act poorly, that doesn't mean I don't give them consequences. You know, if they hit their brother or they break something or, or they violate some boundaries in the household, they get consequences. So I'm not, I don't go mm-hmm. like, oh, my kid loves me. I'm going to let them do whatever. And the same way with domestic violence. I, I am, you know, if my, my partner's being verbally abusive, I, I don't sit back and go, oh, that's okay. They're just feeling stressed. I do say, yes, they're feeling stressed, but I also keep my personal boundaries. I also protect myself and, and say, hey, um, they're really stressed right now. They're really anxious. They need to cool off. I'm going to walk away. I'm going to walk away and take a break. I'm not going to sit here and let myself be abused. That That's not what we're suggesting here. No, not, not in any case. <laughs> not in uh, any way. Ever. Ever, ever. ever. Um, so boundaries still exist. 
I don't take away boundaries. I'm just asking us not to personalize other people's bad behavior. And, and, and even taking that a step further, even if it was abuse, I worked uh, for the beginning of my career with individuals who had been in abusive relationships. And one of the more powerful stories I ever heard a person tell was after her husband had beat her. Mm. And, and it, it, this story just stuck in my mind. As he was uh, in the doorway walking out of the room, she's curled up in a ball. I don't, I, I'll never know how she did this. But she said, I don't believe you want to abuse me. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. That gives me And he sat and he sat in the doorway sobbing. It's just sobbing. Wow. And she said, It's the last time he ever physically hit me. Wow. Now they did end up getting divorced because he continued being verbally and emotionally abusive. But when I look at that situation and her response in that context, I honor her mm-hmm. because she kind of did what you said. Mm-hmm. She created a boundary, but she saw him, and, and I don't believe you want to. Now, I, again, that's that's a higher level of thinking. Um, and, and then she ended up creating a boundary because yeah, his absolutely. behavior was still unkind, absolutely. and they ended up absolutely. getting divorced. Absolutely. I think, but, uh, but th- yeah, I think of Jesus hanging on the cross, and you know, he's been beaten, he's been tortured. He's got this thorn of uh, crown of thorns on his head. None of his friends are there. Everybody's abandoned him. Everybody's left him. And his final remarks are, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He didn't assume unlove. He assumed love. He assumed that all these people were just being stupid. And they were. Mm. I, I don't you know, I don't disagree with that. <laughs> but but he never assumed you know, that they hated him or, or nobody loves him. And, and he didn't collapse into that feeling of unlove. He always assumed loved all the way up to the moment of his own death. Forgive them for they know not what they do. It's wow. just beautiful. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. So that's what right, I would so, suggest, so, yeah, for our intervention is always in this stressful situation, assume love. Give each other, give us all the benefit of the doubt we're stressed, we're tired, we're overwhelmed, we're, we're, we're struggling, all of us. Let's assume And, and when we do that, we're actually having compassion mm-hmm. on others. Amen. Right? That sense Amen. of compassion. I, I, I'm with you. I see your suffering. And I think that's a topic that we can fall, come back to another time is, is this concept of compassion. But, but, but for today, I really like the way you're saying that is I'm actually having, I'm seeing you as a person who is caring, who is kind, who is loving, and and wants to be, even though you may not be showing it. Now, again, obviously in cases of abuse and, and, and inappropriate behaviors, then there has to be boundaries. Amen. Amen. But, but even in that story I told, she did create boundaries, but she gave him a gift of, I don't believe that's who you are. Amen. It's like my mom, when I messed up in high school, she looked at me and she said, you're better than that. Yep. Yeah. Made a mistake, and she just looked at me. She said, "You're better than that." I'll never forget that look of love, with that sternness of, mm-hmm. "Be better, rise up." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Amen. All right. Well, any final thoughts for our listeners today, Brett Williams? I just have goosebumps. I like what we're saying. <laughs> it's awesome. Awesome. All right. To our listeners, we want to thank you. Dr. Kevin Skinner with Brett Williams. You've been listening to the Relationship Builder podcast. Remember, love is a choice. Make it every day.
Take care.